This is Speaking with the Enemy. On the Cats Audio Network, here is Louis Butko. Yes, the show is Speaking with the Enemy, the Enemy this week. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, yes, those Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And to discuss, we bring on the voice of the Bombers, CJOB's Derek Taylor, DT on OB. Uh, let me get a real tough one at you. We know... The uh, West MOP will very likely come from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. If you were to vote right now, who has your vote? Is it Zach Caleros or Brady Oliviera? I would say it's Zach Caleros for me because and there's there's a bunch of reasons. One of them would be what I just believe about the running back position in the Canadian Football League and how it's dependent on other stuff. Uh, Brady is having a fantastic season. Running, catching the ball. He's 300 yards ahead of number two in rushing. Uh, fantastic. But Zach is on the same pace he was last season. Last season, 37 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 9.6 yards per attempt. This season, through 13 games played by the Bombers, on pace for 37 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, one more, 10.6 yards per attempt. Nine, nine yards per attempt is a nice number. 10 yards per attempt is Nathan Rourke last year kind of numbers. That Kalaris and Chad Kelly are both well over 10 yards per attempt is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Kalaris is, is to me, every bit as good as he was last season. There have been more pick sixes, but there were fumble sixes last season, right? So uh, I think it would be Zach, but the voting from Winnipeg is going to be very interesting because barring, you know, BC finishing first in the West, the, the guy who represents the Bombers, I think represents the West for MOP. Yeah, and uh, I, I know uh, the uh, the football writers there in Winnipeg uh, certainly opinionated, so I'm sure there's uh, going to be some heated discussions on the topic uh, in the coming weeks for sure. Um, back to Zach Claros. Um, this week, it's Hall of Fame week, and uh, I think it's only fitting that, that Zach Claros is coming back, a two-time MOP. Has he cemented his legacy as a Hall of Famer um, in, this, in this league? Is he a Canadian Football Hall of Famer? I think he is. I mean, the Bombers are the favorite to go to a Grey Cup for a fourth straight year. He's the driving factor behind all that. Oh, by the way, that 2015 season in Hamilton, if you wanted to, if he played one more game, two more games, he's probably the MOP that year. Like He's been good for a long, long time. And this run of success, which could lead to 2024 and a 2025 Grey Cup appearance at home in Winnipeg, uh, I mean, there's still more runway for the for the Bombers to play with as far as years to go. I, I think he absolutely is. I think since I started doing games in Sask in 19, I thought Zach was the best quarterback in the Canadian Football League. Okay, maybe 19 was a little a little tough to justify coming off of 18 and with Michael Riley and Bo Levi Mitchell having their seasons. But I think this season, I assumed he was going to be the best quarterback in the league. He's done nothing to disprove that. So, yeah, he's he's absolutely on that track. If he retires at the end of this season, and he, I hope he doesn't, uh, I think he, he is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, you and I have talked about this a couple of times, just the, the career paths of, I mean, let's say all three of us. I mean, really, let's put all three of us in this category here of where we were that week one start where Zach Caleros and Simone Lawrence and that incident and where you were, where I was, I mean, it really is incredible. And one of those moments that, you know, transcends sports. There was this time where we thought, is that it for Zach Caleros? And what he has done since then, and I know this podcast is not just about praising one guy, and we've done a lot of that uh, to start the show, but really it's incredible to see how this guy has turned it around and the leader he has become on and off the field. 
Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. You know, give any free tips to the Ticats Audio Network here. But the documentary of the butterfly effect of Simone Lawrence's hit on Zach Kalaris in the first game on the third offensive play was it of 2019. And you think about all the things that have happened since then. Simone's gone on to an impressive career, but Zach went to Toronto, then to Winnipeg, and took them to three straight Grey Cups. Cody Fajardo became the star in in Saskatchewan, became a millionaire off of that, and the ripple effects. There's so many effects of that. How it affected Nick Arbuckle later. Man, a lot of stuff emanated from just that that one hit. And you're you're right, like. Saskatchewan, you know, puts him on the six-game injured list, and when he's ready to come back, Fajardo had been fantastic filling in, so they went, you know what, we're going to have to trade you to Toronto. Uh, It helped Zach in his rehab as well, and then Toronto at the deadline sends him to Winnipeg. He He scrambles around and throws that pass to Darvin Adams in the game against Calgary, and Winnipeg fans went, oh, 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 okay, okay. 19 Grey Cup, 21 Grey Cup, back to the Grey Cup in 2022. Uh, I mean, the favorites to come out of the West in 2023. It's it's incredible. And, and a testament to him, right? Because last season he took a headshot in week... Uh, was it was it the week one game against Ottawa? The concussion, the injury spotter, pardon me, pulls him out of the game. And we went, uh-oh, is this a thing? He takes a shot from Coney Ely a few weeks ago this season. He missed a game. Oh, is this, is this the one we've been... We've been fearing for three years. Nope, Zach's, Zach's good to go. The injury problems are well behind him. At least the, the head injury problems well behind him. And he's gone on to be, you know, exactly what Hamilton Tiger Cats fans saw eight years ago. Uh, okay, I thought you were going a different direction with that one. So I was going to was gonna cut you off. Exactly what Hamilton Tiger Cats fans thought. And then I, I thought you were going to... Anyway, we'll move <laughs> on. Uh, obviously, Bombers coming off a big win in the Banjo Bowl last week. Um... What did you see? What were they doing differently in that game? And, I mean, was that the best they've looked all season? It was. I think it absolutely was the best they looked all season. It was the top offensive uh, point performance in the CFL this year, scoring 51 uh, on a Saskatchewan defense that, yes, they didn't have Pete Robertson, and, yes, they didn't have their starting safety, but those, those aren't bad players. Uh, they took advantage of some tendencies that Saskatchewan has. Uh, Nick Marshall can be particularly aggressive in spots, and I feel like he misfires on he, he misjudges where he should be aggressive, and they got him a couple of times on that. They protected Kalaris well, and then every receiver was able to get open. So that smells to me like good scheme plus good receivers plus great quarterbacking. And I shouldn't just say good receivers; like this is the best receiving core in the Canadian Football League. And all of a sudden, you have, as Steve Daniel put out, uh, for the first time since he started tracking drives back in the 2007 season, six touchdowns on six offensive possessions in the first half. First time that happened in the history of the, of the Canadian Football League back to 07. Oh, this is this is what we thought it could be when Lawler joined Schoen and Dembski and Bailey and, and Walatarski. And, and man, it's... Uh, it, it was it was pretty ridiculous. Top five scoring games in the Canadian Football League this season. The Bombers' offense has four of them. How do you defend? How do you defend? I mean, because we talked. You mean you're mentioning a murderer's row of receivers, and then the guy we talked about making a case for MOP, and on any other team will like would likely be the nominee for MOP. And Brady Oliviera, I think he's got 300 rushing yards more than the next guy. He's got another 300 through the air. How do you stop the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' defense? 
Well, I, How have I don't teams know. Been, sorry, let me rephrase that. How have teams been successful stopping Winnipeg at points this season? Um, like BC in week three, it was 30 to six for BC. And we left that day going, I don't understand how this isn't, how did that happen? They should have won this game by, they won the rematch. They put up 50 in the rematch. I, I kind of don't know, right? Because in times where Zach will start the game, one of five for two yards or whatever that was in the, uh, Labor Day game against Sask, Brady Oliveira was able to run the football. If Brady's lesser able to run the football, well, they're hammering it downfield to, Two all-star receivers and a third guy who's you know Nick Dembski who's going to have a career year this season. Uh, the offensive line. Well, we thought after week three, Matthew Betts got three sacks that game and was blowing kisses to the crowd in Winnipeg, and we hated every bit of it, but we respected the hell out of it. We thought, oh, is the offensive line going to be a problem? Nope, that's great. And now Brady's uh, Brady's got all the room to run because the offensive line performance has picked up dramatically. There are no weaknesses on this offense. The The one thing, like, is it just play play your soundest football game and hope that variance comes in your favor? Hopefully, hope that, you know, Zach will lose track of the safety, Marc-Antoine DeCroix, and he can throw up, he can run in a pick six. Like, Montreal had two pick sixes in a game. Is that what other teams have to hope for? Uh, in addition to just playing good, solid defense, because you lay off them, they're going to take the underneath you. You press them like BC tried to do the second time around, and they're going to go over top of you and sting you for 50. Like, um, outside of injuries and, and I mean, just hoping for variance, I don't know. I honestly don't know what you do against an offense this powerful. Yeah, Ticats defense will definitely have their hands full. Uh, I usually like to wrap up the show by getting an outsider's perspective on what they've seen from the Ticats this year. Uh, you've been following this league a long time. I'm sure you weren't expecting. Nobody was expecting Bo, Bo Levi Mitchell to go down like he did. Uh, from an outsider's perspective, what have you seen from the Ticats this season? I'm enjoying Taylor Powell more and more as it yeah, as it goes absolutely. along. So that's the, that's that's always the fear, right? Is from number one to number two to number three. Okay, well, what's that going to look like? Some teams this season are on their fourth quarterback, and you go, oh, okay, well, this could be pretty rough, but that's been good. Uh, James Butler hasn't maybe been the impact they want, but Butler is running his butt off. Like full props to, to James Butler. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know how that move would work out, and I, I don't know how it's if it's affected the standings. Great, but James Butler is a ton of fun to watch, and I'm, I'm waiting for the defense. Really has some players I like a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Like, uh, please marry my firstborn daughter if I ever had one. A lot, right? That level of out of my cold dead hand, can you have you know Dylan win? Right? Like, I, it's uh, it just hasn't. Receiving's been a been a problem spot for them. Uh, they didn't have the weapons when the Braylon Addison move. I I don't know the circumstances. Maybe had to happen with his Achilles injury, but that to me reduced the the multiplicity that this offense could be. And now it's kind of. Tim White and please someone else, please support Tim White is kind of my perception of it. Uh, it just hasn't. I thought Hamilton was the number one team in the East. Had we talked at the beginning of the season, I would have said, uh, actually, before that week one game, I probably said, oh boy, watch out for the Ticats. Great cup preview. And it just hasn't reflected that way. But Montreal is no lock at number two. And then weird stuff happens in the playoffs, right? So. Uh, get victories. They won this game last year. The Thai Cats did right, mopping up the Bombers. A little surprise here, a little surprise there, a little career performance from your quarterback, and 
uh, the East is is not necessarily settled, let's say. DT, appreciate your perspective as always. Thank you for making the time this afternoon, and I am looking forward to seeing you at Tim Hortons Field on Hall of Fame. You're a Hall of Fame person. Uh, it, it makes sense you're there on Hall of Fame at game day. I uh, appreciate you doing this, buddy. Thanks, brother.